Hello, it's the middle of June and that announcement means that I am once again boarding Le Shuttle to France with my great ally Zog because we're on our way to Le Mans. We're now en route, as they say in France, to Le Mans, blasting along the A28, sort of Abbeville kind of way, with light traffic. And as usual, as we blast to Le Mans, we're surrounded by interesting cars. I've noticed, Zog, who's driving our car at the moment, that there seem to be a large number of Porsches this year. I wonder why that is. Well, there's always a lot of Porsches in the Le Mans convoy, but if there are more than usual, well, you know, Porsche back as a manufacturer in LMP1 for first time in a very long time. So, yep, that could have something to do with it. Who knows? And they were quick Porsche in first qualifying, which was yesterday in our timeline. Whether they will win the race, I don't know. But they'll com- be reliable enough. Will Won't be, be reliable. Re- Probably not. I think it's going to be Toyota. I think they've got to be the favourite, surely. But if Porsche do win, here's a question: When was the last time a four-cylinder car won at Le Mans? That's one for Le Mans fact heads. Yes. Hmm. I wonder when that was. It's got to be in the I don't know the fifties, maybe. I mean, everyone was using big engines then weren't they I don't think they were four cylinders that little P that used to run at Le Mans had a four cylinder engine but I don't think that ever won it did it it certainly didn't win overall it might have won a category it might have won whatever category it would been running in at the time but didh't win overall no um, oh dear traffic jam ahead traffic jam ahead all right well our sat nav in our car has been telling us to avoid Rouen because there's some terrible things going on there and a bridge is down but funny that you should say that you think Toyota might just win this year because the car that we've chosen to drive to Le Moyne this year is a Toyota it's not the Toyota Prius plug-in TRD that we were offered for the journey Zog refused to go over in that car he felt it was an inappropriate car I didn't think it was because it's got energy recovery it's a hybrid and hybrids win at Le Mans these days yeah well, you're putting it a little bit stronger I didn't exactly re- point like refuse <laughs> I just gently suggested that maybe something a little sportier like a GT86 would be a more appropriate Le Mans vehicle and we've been in this car we've both been behind the wheel for a couple of hours each so now and it's perfect it really is and it is a Toyota GT86 a car which I drove on the launch around Spain I've driven it around Spain I've driven it around the Aragon circuit and I know what an extraordinary handling car this is and it does sound good can we blip the throttle we can't can we change gear listen to this give us a whim in between gears so I can't Give us a blip when you're in between gears. Can't really hear it on the recorder at the moment. It makes a lovely sound, that little 
flat four engine developed by Subaru for this car and the Subaru BRZ or BRZ what do you call it so we want to be at lower speed than motorway speed to get to here the engine expensive. but no it does sound fantastic but no, is that the first things I noticed that just and this was you know very immediate the gear change is so sweet absolutely beautiful it's that precise light very short throw just beautiful and it's in the right place this tiny little gear stick in the right place and I know it's a cliche that it is a driver's car but I think it is because the narrow tyres it runs on Prius tyres means that you get a sense of that drift from a lack of grip which gives you that liveliness when you go around roundabouts and stuff it's great fun because of the diversion that we did we've been off the A routes and on some French B roads and round roundabouts and what a lot of fun it is on roundabouts this car it's a car in which so far it seems like everything is just right it doesn't have anything unnecessary and what it does have works just as you expect it to or want it to all the switches falling under your fingers just right seat adjustment not electric nice simple manual adjustment I'm a no, big fan of no that. unnecessary weight from yep. electric seats after it sort of had just got out of the road and I was just looking around the cockpit thinking okay how are we going to change the display from miles per hour to kilometers per hour once we hit French Road I looked to the right and there are two buttons on the right of the dashboard one of them is odometer trip button and the other one says kilometers per hour miles per hour beautiful simple just what you need nothing unnecessary yeah it's a really sweet little car there are lots of other sweet little cars on the road. We've seen Porsche 911 S, we've seen 997s. Oh, and my favourite so far was a definitely souped up Morris 1000. I say it's definitely souped up because that thing was moving. Yeah, <laughs> it was doing, we estimate it was doing about 100 miles per hour in a Morris Minor, a brown Morris Minor. And I'm wondering what engine it's got in it. I'm hoping that the guys driving that car might be in our campsite and I'm going to seek them out and find out all about that car. It was flying, wasn't it? And oh, you need yeah. a V8 to be able to do 100 mile per hour in that thing. It's something with the aerodynamics of a cow, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I love Le Mans. Um, I love all the cars who go there. And if we see any more interesting cars en route, we'll let you know. Gareth Jones on speed at Le Mans 2014. En route to the race. I am slightly embarrassed to say that Gareth Jones on Speed has lived up to its name because in a momentary lapse of concentration I came out of a service station and... Your foot slipped. My foot slipped, officer, yes. And I did not adapt my speed to the legal requirement of driving in France. I got spotted on the radar pulled over by two very reasonable French gendarmerie who fined me 90 euros for going a little bit quicker than the speed limit. That's all I'm saying, officer. Shame on me, so sorry. They were very reasonable, though, very polite. There. They didn't impound the car because I couldn't produce a document saying that it was mine. Yeah, that was a slightly worrying moment. Yeah. Yes, yes. Is this, is this car yours? No, no, it isn't. Oh, can we see the registration? Ah. Uh, you know what? I don't know that you can. <laughs> but hey, if they're stopping guys in GT86s, they'll make some money. But some of the cars we've seen, they will make extraordinary money. 
Did you spot that McLaren MB412C Spider earlier on? Oh, the orange one. Very orange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of yeah, orange supercars, there was a Bugatti Veyron pulled over. Not uh, only a Bugatti Veyron, yeah. a Bugatti Veyron Supersport, yeah. or as I prefer to call it, the Bugatti Veyron Sniff Petrol Edition. Because <laughs> it's in the Sniff Petrol colours. It is. Perfect. It is. Absolutely perfect. So, you know, when they stop him, they're going to make an absolute fortune. Whilst you were taking care of a little bit of paperwork with the other officer, I was having a little chat with one of the policemen. By the way, he says weather for this weekend is going to be just cracking. He didn't seem to think there was going to be any rain at all. Well. He said weather's going to be great for the race, so all good. And we're chatting about the fact that they stop a few British race fans on the way down, on the way back. I asked him what the fastest car they stopped was. He said last year they pulled over a Ferrari California that had been doing 246 kilometres per hour. Now, how could you math? 246, so it's 140 something miles per hour, isn't it? No wonder they stopped him. We weren't going anywhere near that, mercifully. And I believe that was uh, something like a. He said it was a 6,000 euro fine. No way! 6,000 euros! <laughs> Quick check, how much do you have on you, Gareth? <laughs> I've got 5,000 in my back pocket. Oh, well, I've, I've got 200. Do you know what? I don't feel so bad about having paid 90 euros now, which, you know, I think is a good payage charging for this whole journey. That's not too bad. That's probably better the way down. Yeah, fair enough. By the way, one final thing before we press on to the campsite. We're feeling particularly smug on this journey because I brought my Sanef Liberté tag with me. A couple of years ago, I bought one of those tags which allows you to drive through a payage instead of queuing with everyone. You go in the left-hand lane and you put this little tag in your windscreen and it sees it and it registers it and you get a reduction in the cost. But more importantly, you drive past all the guys who are queuing and feel smug. And save time. Yeah, and save time. Yeah, and feel smug. So even though I'm now driving at the speed limit, I feel that the time we've <laughs> saved at the payage has made up. Balance, for it. balance it out. Okay, <laughs> that's my excuse. For you the keep thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep thinking. <laughs> Just listen to this, and I don't mean me tripping over the guidelines and the plates underneath my feet. Hello, we've arrived at the campsite. It is 10 to 12 local time. The final part of the journey was hideous. My advice to you, if you're coming to Le Mans, I suggest that you come on the Wednesday, not the Thursday. I don't know what Friday's like. I don't usually travel on Friday. But if it's worse than Thursday, it would be pretty much impossible. Zog, you set? Are you ready to rock? Yep, let's go. Okay, come on. We got the tent pitched. It went dark as we got it up, which is all right because we'd got most of it up before it went dark. We've reheated the homemade spinach and paneer curry I made and froze last night. And we've just eaten that and had half a glass of cider each. Honestly, it was only half a glass. Actually, it was half a bottle, wasn't it? Half a bottle, yeah. Half a bottle. A small bottle. A small, yeah, well, a small bottle. But that's just the beginning. If I'm quiet, you can hear the sound of our campsite as we walk. This way, Zuck. This way. Okay, we're trying to 
we, we haven't navigated our way around the campsite just yet because we've literally arrived and got established and we might make the last 10 minutes of qualifying if we're lucky. We've been trying to monitor what's going on by listening to Radio Le Mans in the appalling traffic and uh, on our little solar radio whilst we reheated the paneer and put the tent up but it's very difficult to keep a track of what's going on. Zog, you've probably been paying closer attention than me. No, I haven't been hardly caught any of it. It's hard to follow, isn't it? Right, we're going to go through the gate. We've walked from the tent in the time I've been recording this. And now we're about to walk up the small hillock, the brow of which is the Porsche Curves. So you have made that journey from the tent to the circuit. Not all campsites at Le Mans are like this, but the one that we're at the travel destinations campsite at the Porsche Curves is right on the curves and that was a Corvette and a 911 yeah we'll set up camp over here yeah that was one of the LMP1 cars that was the Porsche that was our first glimpse that was the Porsche Head torch. Oh, sorry. Turn the head torch off. Thank you. So I'm not blinding Zog. We're on top of a hillock. It's pitch black apart from the floodlit circuit, which is spilling over to all of us standing against the wire fencing just a few feet from where the cars will be. There's nothing in front of me at the moment. As you know, this is a huge circuit. Eight miles round or thereabouts, isn't it? Fourteen kilometres, I think. And so you do get periods where there just isn't a car on your section. Now, this year at Le Mans, I believe that they're running something they call... Is it called Code 60? Well, the slow zones. The slow zone. Yeah. Here we go. What's this? Listen. That was the new 911 RSR2, is it? Is that what they call it? Or just the RSR? GT3 RSR. GT3 RSR. And, yeah, this year they're having these slow zones where the speed is limited to 60 kph, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, that's a long way around this circuit, isn't it? But it's safe, and that's the idea. What's this? That's the 458 Italia. We saw one on the road, on the circuit, on the way here. And a nice old 4... What was it? A a 428... That was one of the rebellions with the Toyota engine, yeah. that was. This is our first glimpse of the cars in the, well, at all, in the dark, floodlit. Like I was saying before, the floodlights on the circuit just about light. We're in a dark patch in front of us here, but they light the corner, the apex of the corner, we're just past it. So you've got a row of chaps wearing baseball caps and headphones on, smoking fags, drinking beer, watching these. That was a 911 followed by an LMP2. That was the number two Audi. Very quiet, the first one, followed by something else. And this will be... Number 20. Is that one of the Porsches? Don't know the numbers yet. That was a 911. 
That was the number seven Toyota, that was, that last one. Now, what I'll do is just sit here and let you listen to the cars as we wish you good night. And we'll be back for more on speed. Enjoying the entire Le Mans experience. Say goodnight, Zog. Night-night. sound of the Toyota it sounds great that's an LMP2 probably the Nissan engine another LMP2 here's a couple yeah we'll leave you with that thundering wallop and bang that's the Corvette good night This is Gareth Jones on Speed's coverage of the 2014 Le Mans 24 Hours and associated events, the classic British welcome at San Saturnam. We've made the short drive of about 8 or 10 kilometres, I suppose, from the campsite to San Saturnam to visit this wonderful impromptu car show that goes on every year that's free and lovely. And it's so nice when you come to a car show like this because everything here is interesting. We parked up our GT86 and parked immediately next to us. Get this, a Simca 1100, a French-registered left-hand drive, cream Simca 1100. Not an exciting car but not a car that you see anywhere these days and those of you who listen to the show really carefully will know that I'm a big fan of the Chrysler or Talbot Matra Rancho or the Simca Rancho as it's known in some markets which was based on that car I think with the 1400 Simca engine that's a cool car I saw a Rancho yesterday so I was just remembering didn't we we saw we one we did yes yes a uh, blue one yeah I got very excited as we were driving up to the circuit it was hot in the tent this morning. We got the ventilation slightly wrong and we woke up all of a sweat. The weather here is spectacular. We're just looking at the weather for the race and there are thunderstorms predicted for when? Saturday? Yeah, I had a quick look at the weekend weather forecast. Looks like it's going to be nicer on Sunday, but there was a chance of a thunderstorm on Saturday. Uh-oh, that's going to make it exciting. Especially yeah, if we're camping. Dramatic. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, if we're undercover at the time, if we can be inside, that's fine. But Yeah, we'll do what we can. There we go. Oh, look, we're crossing the road here, and the cars are still arriving. People have got lovely cars. Left-hand drive stack, French one. Oh, yes, French racing left-hand drive stack. And in front of it, a Renault Rambler, which is a huge 1960s saloon. I've never seen one of those before. And we're not even in the show yet. We're walking through the barriers now. And I should say at this point... You've probably heard me mention this on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter. If you don't, it's at Gareth Jones TV. And if you want to follow Zog, he's at Paul Ierson, I-R-E-S-O-N. And my dear friend, Mr. Ierson, is going to be beside himself today. 
So, go on, you explain why this is the best well, ever. The classic British welcome horse has a theme, and the theme this year is Porsche. You won't like that. Mind your back, there's a Audi behind you. And a lovely yellow Elise Series 1, if I am correct. French registered, right hand drive, though. Interesting. Interesting. Right, the first Porsches we see are a row of 911s of all ages and configurations. What's this? This is the RS. Oh, a nice white RS with a roll cage. J Reg. We have to work out which year. So, what do we call this? Uh, 993. 993. Zog so knows his Porsche model numbers. I don't. So, I'm going to be relying on him for expert knowledge in this matter. So we've got a row here of 911s. You can see, if you line up all the Porsches together, like is happening here, you can see how they've evolved over the years. And that's always such a pleasure. I saw a picture the other day of an original 911 and the current 911 parked next to each other. And you could see the difference in width, mainly. There's also a picture of a Fiat 500 parked, the original one, parked next to the new Fiat 500. And, of course, a Mini parked next to the Countryman, I think it was. It shows you how cars have grown. But you were saying, Zog, the 911's, in many ways, kept a lot of its proportions, hasn't it? The cabin. You really notice when you're following them on the motorway, for example, just how fat they've got down below you know there's a real sort of lardiness <laughs> sort of jelly moldness yeah, about yeah, the way yeah. that there's a, a very broad base that then sort of gets sucked in over the wheels to a narrower cabin and yeah talking about comparing older and newer incarnations of some classic designs at the same time that the cars have generally got bigger with the 911, it's funny that it's done most of it's getting bigger down below. Down below. Haven't the, we all, dear? The width of the cabin has stayed pretty similar, whereas you compare old and new Mini, yeah. old and new Fiat Cinquecento 500, yeah. they've got bigger all round. The 911 is slimmer up top, which is good for your weight distribution, I guess. You know, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. Keep makes sense. Cabin. Evolution of the design. We like bit of evolution. I like Revolution too, but we like a bit of evolution. We've got a row. There's a GT3, a nice white GT3 here. And well, this is the only non-911 in this row of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, no, 7, 8. Five, six over oh, there, and there's yeah. another 944, okay. 944 ragtop over there. That's, well, uh, I didn't see quite how long this line is. There must be... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, maybe 40 even 911s or Porsches, most of them 911s. But Zog's found a red 944 that's sticking out. As you know, Zog's got a 944 Turbo. This is a Turbo, is it? Uh, it's an S2, but the bodies are identical, really. I have to say, the paintwork is in slightly better condition than mine at the moment. Ah! Um, uh, it doesn't have the character of your car. Though. Well, thank you. You're being uh, too generous. I know you're slightly yeah, it's, dis- it's in lovely condition, this one. It really is. I know you're slightly disappointed you wanted to come in your Porsche for this, didn't you? I always do, yeah. but we had the offer of the GT86, which has been... Perfect yeah, car for the trip, really. I figure I'll probably be in my car next year. When Porsche wins? I reckon this year and next year I'm going to be making the trip down and back in the winning mark. 
Oh, right. That's yeah, well, that's that's bold talk. That's Remember, we're saying this before the race. We don't know if Toyota are going to win, but we rather yeah, suspect right. that they might this year. Anyway, it is actually 2 o'clock lunchtime. I'm thinking we should eat something before we go and look at the cars. Otherwise, we may pass out with excitement. And can I suggest we have uh, a little pork? Yeah, let's have a little... Oh, <laughs> a little, I see what you did there. I see what Gareth Jones on speed at Le Mans 2014. The classic British welcome. The happy sound of people eating in the marquee that they have here at the classic British welcome. We've been fed by a rather nice paella. Do you remember George Bishop used to write in car magazines? He'd spend a lot of the time describing the food and the wine when he was at car launches. I won't do that. Suffice to say, I had a rather nice paella and a glass of a blush, I think they call it in California, a rosé champagne. Very nice. I'm at the supercar display. There are a row of red Italian cars here. There are two 360 Stradale Spiders, I think that's what they call them. Red Ferraris, convertible, roll hoops, just perfection. French registered. Plastic over the engine bay so you can see the dirty stuff, the naughty stuff that they have in Ferraris and lots of women having their photos taken by the cars. This just seems to be the thing to do. The other cars in this row are an Alpha 4C, which really is a Lotus, isn't it, when you see it? It looks just like an Evora that's been extruded and overstyled. It's very wide, and it has very strange headlamps. 4C. Mm. Beautiful. Very, very It's a Lotus, isn't it, I think? There isn't a car more like a Lotus than that. There isn't an Italian car that's more like a Lotus, I think you're right. Getting lots of attention as well. Yeah. Rightly so. No, it's a a very, very pretty car. Headlights are monstrous, though. Well, you say monstrous, they make me think of a spider's eyes, actually. Yes. There's something there really, in that sense, yeah, yeah, absolutely quite creepy and monstrous and weird. But, yeah, very dramatic. Um, Good analogy. It is like a spider's mm. ten eyes. They have ten eyes, some spiders, don't they? Or do all spiders have ten eyes? I don't know. And next to it is a nice old Alpha from, what, 61, would you say? Uh, I'm not sure what year it is, but it's, a, it's an SS, which you don't see these about so often. Let's see what year it is. It says in the window. Let's see. 64. Alpha Julia 1600 SS, to give it its full title. Just a little 1600 cc engine body by bertoni look it up it's a gorgeous little thing really and this one is immaculate next to it is a ferrari 328 targa which i drove one of these around a hole <laughs> long story a long time ago this one's yellow the one i drove was red and i never got out of second gear but it was fun it's the only ferrari i've ever driven Next to it's another Porsche. That's not all the non-Porsches here. And I know Zog wants to spend some time looking at the Porsche. So what we'll do is we'll we'll head over to the big central display. wonder what they're going to have. What would be your favourite Porsche to see here? Do you have a favourite? I'd, I'd like to see some of the 917s that have made such great history at Le Mans. Yeah, that would be an appropriate car to see here. Yeah, I'd also like to see the 911 that Paul Newman nearly won the race in in 1979. Oh, that's asking a lot. You know what my favourite Porsche is? 
God. It would be the Porsche Panamera Sport Touring, that shooting brake that they launched recently. Okay, so you're seriously telling me you would rather see that monstrosity than a 956, a 962, or a car driven by Paul Newman? Beauty is in the eye of the shooting brake enthusiast. Fair point. <laughs> right, we're in the main hall, and Zog, I think your wishes might have been granted. This is a 917 K81 4.9 litre flat 12 engine. This one's yellow built by Team Porsche raced by Crema Racing in 1981 in the 1981 Le Mans 24 hours this one. Bob Wallach was one of the drivers. He's got number 10 on it at the moment. Nice. Iconic. That's how an old school race car should look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really mean. It looks... Aggressive is the wrong word. Purposeful. Well, it is. Yeah, exactly. Purposeful. It has an incredibly sort of forward feel to it. It's very much cockpit over the front wheels yeah. and then long flat deck. Yeah, uh, you, you see the top of that fantastic engine, the big fan. Your yeah. feet would be right up against the front axle, wouldn't it? In front of the front axle. In front, uh, yeah, I mean, you Don't know, your feet, that. no. A lot of contemporary drivers, when they drive, not just 917, but other cars of the era, you know, they say it's really striking how vulnerable, how exposed you feel with your feet and your ankles right at the front of the car like that. And it's not as if there's a massive crash structure there protecting you. If you hit something head on, you're going to get hurt. Parked central to the display facing that yellow 917 that Zog and I were just talking about is an Audi R18 from 2012 resplendent in its black, white and red. This is the car that actually won in 2012 the last time I was here, so that was Lotterer, Fassler and Trullier. Audi's finished first, second and third that year. R18 of course has won Le Mans the last three years and Audi have won 12 out of the last 14 and the only other two wins one was from Bentley which was essentially an Audi underneath it you could say and the other one was from Peugeot with a car built expressly to beat Audi at their own game and looking at the new generation of Le Mans cars standing next to them they are every bit as futuristic and as aggressive and as spectacular as that 917 this is quite a lot of car interesting to note that the huge scoops cut out above the wheels the wheels are not necessarily completely enclosed anymore they do that to allow the air to escape over the top of the tyres and to prevent cars from flipping they reckon that's one of the things that stops them from flipping because they've got flat bottoms if any air gets underneath the car and the nose comes up it's those holes at the top of the front fenders sorry front wings I should say and the rear wings over the rear wheels that prevent it from doing that and the most remarkable thing about this car is how little there is of it it's not a small car but it's shrink wrapped, you know, the amount of space for the engine and the energy recovery systems. You know, it's almost a minimum automobile. It's dramatic, fantastic. It's so warm. Oh, this is sexy. 
So I don't have Colin That's with me. That's an interesting <laughs> commentary. <laughs> it's so warm. Oh, it's so sexy. Come on, Jeff. Well, it is. Uh, We're surrounded by very so sexy cars. I don't Stéphane, know my Porsches well enough to give you a, a detailed report of all the remarkable cars here, but. I'm looking at a 1981 911 park next Nilev to a 956 park next okay. to a Cayman park next to a 924S park next to a Carrera 4S park to a Carrera S park to you've probably got the vibe just about every Porsche you can imagine utterly surrounded and here comes a nice yellow Trans Am we have three we only have three you can hear it can't you go on let's hear it Fantastic yellow Sunoco sponsored uh, Trans Am from I think that's the 1971 car. I might, might be wrong, maybe a little bit later. Where's Zog? I've actually lost him. He was so beside himself with the Porsches that he just went into a sort of a dream state, really, and is wandering around here. Can't see him. Ah, I found him. He's smiling. He's smiling. All these Porsches, and you're smiling at a yellow Trans Am. Well, look at it. Yeah, exactly. Get a picture it's of that. That's it, fantastic. It's not the most subtle vehicle here, but... Oh, oh, listen to that. Great sound. Nice. I know Zog's happy because he's got more Porsches here than he can shake a pork sausage at. But come and look at this. I know you're happy because you've got Porsches here, but I'm happy too because... There's a Dodge Viper here. I'm very fond of the Viper. Mm. I remember when they used to race here at the oh, yeah, yeah. And this one is very nearly in, I think it was it Ven- Vendlinger who possibly drove one of these. But a red Dodge Viper with, I think he had two white stripes down the middle. This one's got two silver stripes. But it's a sort of a classic racing scheme of the 1960s and 70s that looks great on this car. And this one, it's on display here with its bonnet open. And I'm wondering if that's because it's overheating. It's a very hot day. Or they just want people to see the monstrous 5 billion litre block. It was about 5 billion litres, wasn't it, the Viper? 7.2 litres? Or was it 10 litres? I forget now. 7 litre V10. Sorry, should do my homework. What a fantastic... Absolutely enormous. Huge, huge car. And very much my sort of thing. Zoc, you wait there. I'm just going to run down that row and describe the cars. Join me if you want. Then are all Porsches. Another row of cars here. It starts with Porsches. There's a Cayman. And there's a new 911 or and a GT2. And a Jaguar XKR. Two of those. One in white. One in a metallic green. That's a real 70s metallic fleck in that green. Really is. Park next to a powder French blue Triumph TR6 and a Spitfire Mark III with some kind of crazy glass fibre nose. I've never seen that before. Park next to a red Mustang. That's the 1964 car, I think. Park next to a rather elegant and, yeah, completely mundane in some ways, Jaguar XK40 series. XJ and another Spitfire and a green Marcos and a frog-eyed Sprite and a Nissan 370Z that is over here oh and behind me a lovely red Lotus Eclat isn't it that's the Eclat yes and a Cobra and a sweet sweet Exige 
in a very Audi looking paint scheme all the silver and the red and the white now I've got a fine Zog he's lost here somewhere and head off back into town for the driver's break we haven't even got to the race yet Le Mans is wonderful if you're coming next year come on Wednesday that's my advice then you can fit more in see ya to send us an email see pictures get song lyrics join our Facebook fan site follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities go to garethjones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!